Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. This is my second update video in two days, and it's a little bit of show and tell. I've got some, I've got some exhibits I'm going to be showing you in just a second. But uh, Doug sent me notes to Steve. There's an update to a story you recently did. Uh, did you see it yet? And I said, no, I had not. So Doug got this to me. Thank you very much. GM Authority, who ran the story in the first place, has updated the story about the Cadillac Escalade V owner, whose warranty was blocked by GM because he had refinanced his vehicle. And that had flagged it in the system as if it had changed owners. And so when he pointed out, I simply refinanced the vehicle. I didn't sell it. Uh, it took about 10 days for this to get straightened out. So it caused a lot of discussion and confusion in the, uh, in the comments below the video, which is what I'll address afterwards. But this is a happy ending to the story from GM Authority. Jonathan Lopez writes that it was just a week ago that they reported about the Cadillac Escalade V owner whose warranty had been blocked because he had refinanced the vehicle. So the good news is there's been an update. So in case you want to know what happened originally, GM Authority talked to a guy who bought a new 2023 Cadillac Escalade V last year. That is a very, very hot car and a very expensive car. Cost about 150 grand. 150 grand. But the car was so hot that to buy it, you had to sign a contract saying, I will not sell this vehicle for a certain period of time. And if I do, I understand that the warranty will be blocked. And that's part of the agreement that you make when you buy the vehicle. And those agreements exist. We've talked before about Ford GTs. Ford GTs are often sold by Ford with such an agreement. Uh, and we've heard of people who got in trouble for breaking those agreements. I've also had a client bring me an agreement and show it to me and say, hey, what do you think of this? And I went through it with him on a very, very expensive vehicle. I don't think he bought it, but I've seen these documents before. So he originally financed the vehicle through GM Financial, apparently signed the agreement saying he wouldn't flip the vehicle, but he later decided to refinance the vehicle because he found a lower interest rate at another institution. So he refinanced the vehicle, but he did not change ownership of it. He didn't sell the vehicle. He simply refinanced it. So the ownership doesn't change. The lien holder does. And that's the important part that many people misunderstand. So Meanwhile, the customer runs into some kind of mechanical issues with his Cadillac Escalade V, loss of power, and an idiot light that comes on saying, service, four-wheel drive. Service, four-wheel drive. Now, the loss of power, as you might imagine, is troubling. But anytime you see an idiot light coming on, uh, you got problems. So he then went back to the dealership and said, guys, I got problems with my $150,000 Cadillac Escalade V. And they said, oh, bizarre. Uh, when we type the VIN into our system, it comes up as blocked warranty. And that, of course, would be a problem. And that's because, of course, along with this vehicle, the GMC Hummer EV and the 2023 Corvette Z06, GM did the time-specific ownership requirement on this vehicle, too. And in order to retain the warranty, the customer has to hang on to the vehicle and keep it titled in their name for a period of time, and they can't flip the vehicle, as they say. So now, he didn't flip the vehicle. He, he, he still owned it. He refied it, as we say. So they then said, well, it's popping up on the computer with his flag saying we can't do this. And so the dealership reached out to GM 
and GM and Cadillac and everybody kind of like was not sure what to do. And so time went by. Frustrated owner reached out to various people in the media and spoke to, I think, GM authority and uh, along with some other people probably. And the good news is that they have finally decided to straighten this out. The owner now says that a GM executive called him and apologized. Wow, that's cool. Corporations so rarely apologize. Additionally, the warranty on his 2023 Cadillac Escalade V has been reinstated. Critically, the entire episode lasted just 10 days. So 10 days. Don't get me wrong. 10 days is a lot of time to be upset about something when you rightfully know (laughs) that your upset is righteous. Okay, You're upset for a good reason. And 10 days goes by. That's a lot of time, okay? Now, at the end, we have a happy ending. That's good. So they said, yeah, don't worry. We've reinstated it. We understand what's happening. And as noted, and I believe this is pretty obvious, that what General Motors has done is has simply placed uh, a thing in the computer, part of the programming maybe, that says whenever something happens with uh, the ownership of this vehicle, uh, throw up a flag. And so generally speaking, when lien holders change, it's quite often an indication ownership is changing. So they very well could have said, if anything shows up indicating a change in ownership or a change in a lien, flag it. But how often do people refinance their own vehicles? I know it happens, but I suspect it's a very, very small number. Even so, General Motors should have had somebody in place who could have looked at this and said, oh, this makes complete sense. Don't flag that warranty. However, I mentioned also General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler, all the big three, and many other large corporations are so big that they can't do anything efficiently. So the fact that this got done in 10 days is actually what amazes me. Um, I had no doubt that they'd eventually come around, but 10 days, that's quick. So um, it's nice to see they've addressed the issue at General Motors, especially considering the $150,000 price tag on the vehicle. Hopefully no other Cadillac Escalade V owners have to face similar issues. However, the question is not just Cadillac Escalade V, but any other General Motors buyers who signed such an agreement, such as those who bought the Corvettes or the Hummers. And so if you sign that agreement and you refinance, you're going to want to double check to see if your warranty has been flagged. And if it has, maybe go in and preemptively Say, by the way, guys, I just refinanced this. I still own it, okay? Calm down. (laughs) So I'll take a deep breath here. And so it's good news here for the ending of the story. Now, what I was talking about before is when I did the story and I was mentioning this, I had a couple people who contacted me and said, Steve, you got that backwards. When you buy a car and there's a lien on it, you don't own it. The bank owns it. Everyone knows that. And interestingly, I didn't have any attorneys tell me that. I had a bunch of people who just said that. And um, that's not correct. And I tried explaining this to people in emails, and I had people arguing with me. So I'm not going to be able to speak to all 50 states, but I am licensed as an attorney to practice law in the state of Michigan. And in Michigan, I've seen more titles than most people. I understand there's people at car dealerships and the DMV who've seen more titles than I have. But most people have not seen as many as I have because this is what I work with in my daily practice for the last 31 years is cars. I see titles all the time. 
And so when someone told me and said, Steve, you don't own a car just because you bought it if it's got a lien on it, my first thought was, <laughs> really? That's, that's news to me because right here, for instance, I've got the title. Make sure I grab the right one. The title to my uh, 2019 Ford Explorer. I have a Ford Explorer. I bought it a couple years ago. I did some videos about that. And on the certificate of title from the state of Michigan, uh, it says uh, vehicle identification number, year, make, model, body style, station wagon. Uh, title number, issue date, odometer reading. came with 17 miles on the clock, as I like to say. Uh, the weight or fee category, and it gives a weight. I won't give the weight. That might embarrass it. Uh, the odometer brand, and it says actual mileage, but there's no other branding on here. Owner's name and address, which comports with my information. And it says owner's name and address. Owner. Owner. So I would argue that an owner is one who owns something. So if I am the owner of this truck, I own this truck. I, I'm not sure <laughs> how to make it any simpler than that. So you might say, but Steve, is there a lien on it? Yes, there is. I got 0% financing on this truck. So basically Ford paid me to borrow the money from them. I'll take it. So there is a lien and it says first secured party. And it goes Ford Motor Credit. First secured party. Does not say owner, Ford Motor Credit. It says first secured party. They are a secured party in that they have a lien, and I'm not going to get too heavily into this, but they have a lien that has been perfected. And so if you've got a lien on something, I'll give you an example. Uh, let's suppose that you are a plumber. Someone call, calls you in an emergency, says, quick, come over here, my, my, my kitchen's flooding. And you go in and you fix a bunch of stuff in their house. And at the end of the day, you hand them a bill and they go, I'm not paying that. Get out of my house. Well, you would have a mechanics lien in most states on the work that you performed on that house. And now that lien becomes a real thing the moment you're done with the work. But if you want to perfect the lien, that is to protect your lien, you would file paperwork someplace to put people on notice of the existence of the lien. And it's done different ways for different settings, but you can get a mechanics lien on a car if you work on the car. Uh, if you're a tradesperson, you can get a lien on the property you're working on, and, uh, and so on. And so when you go into a car dealership and buy a car, and they arrange the financing for you on the spot, they have you fill out some documents. But until those documents get filed with the state, no one else is on notice of the fact that there's this al you know, allegation that somebody else has a lien on this thing that I'm driving. Now, there's a titling system in place and all that. But my point simply is that when you look at the title, so here I have another title. This is to my 1999 Dodge two-door. <laughs> it's the Viper. Uh, and it says here, title number, issue date, uh, weight or fee category, uh, owner's name and address, owner. I'm the owner of the Viper. Now, there is no secured interest on record, it says here. So theoretically, I could sign an agreement with somebody and say, hey, want to lend me some money? I'll put my Viper up as collateral. 
And you and I could have a handshake on that. We could have a written document on that. There's all kinds of things we could do on that. The question is, what would happen if you sought to enforce that or if I sold the vehicle without telling you? So there's no secured interest on record. It's not saying there's no secured interest. There's just no secured interest on record. So the reason that this is all so important, and I've got a couple other titles I could show you, but they're all the same. So <laughs> I have four titled vehicles. I'm shortly going to have five. We'll talk about that in a second. But the point is that if you buy a vehicle at a dealership and they arrange the financing, they're most likely going to fill out the stuff, application for title to indicate that not only are you the buyer and you'll become the owner once you've bought it, but that there's a lien holder on it, which is the finance company, and they hold a lien on it. There are certain circumstances under which they can do things to protect their lien. So, you're driving the car, you own the car. How do we know that? The title says you're the owner, and the owner is one who owns something. So, you're driving the car along one day, and, and you stop making payments, and, and, you, and you, you stop with... You stop making payments with prejudice. You don't make any payments. No efforts at all. You stop making payments and you're just driving the car and you think it's funny. And one day you come out and your car is gone. Someone stole your car. Well, no, they repossessed your car. And if you go back and read the contract you signed where you said, I'm going to borrow some money, but I'm going to put the car up as collateral, which is a retail installment sales contract. Uh, with a purchase money security interest. The security interest is in what you're buying with the purchase money that's being lent to you, okay? So, if you read the contract, it says, if you default, we have the following things that we can do, and you agree to this. And one of those is, we can retake the collateral. Now, it doesn't say we can retake our car. It says we can retake the collateral. The collateral is the collateral on the loan, but you are the titled owner. It's just that they've got a lien. The lien gives them the right under some circumstances to do things with the collateral as if they're the owner, but they are not the owner. And the reason we know that is if you read the UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code, in the law books, like in Michigan, behind me, it's MCL 440 point, and then it's at SEC, section one, two, three, four, et cetera. And if you go to Article 9, Section 9 of the UCC, it talks about what a lender or a lien holder can do upon foreclosure of a lien. So somebody, like I said, you're driving the car, you park it, you go inside, somebody comes by and snags it, it's a repossession. They don't own the car. They have a lien on the car. And they're allowed to do certain things based on the lien, and they're controlled by the law. And the law says that they take the vehicle back and they have to take it to a reasonable auction, commercially reasonable, and sell the car and use that money to try to recoup the amount of the lien. And if they don't, then they can chase you for the balance. And so in a perfect world, let's suppose that you have a car, you make every single payment but the last one. You screwed up bad, but you didn't make the last payment. They repo your car. And you owe them one payment. Well, it also says in the contract they can also get the cost of the repossession, the cost of the auction, the cost of cleaning the car up, a bunch of other things. But if you took good care of that car as a short loan, there's a good chance that the car is worth more than what they're going to be owed after the auction. So they take the vehicle to auction, they sell it. 
somebody else now owns the car, not you, not them. And they take the money, they pay themselves back, and there's money left over. It's called a surplus. That goes to you. It's usually a deficiency, which means they can chase you for it. But you'll notice that in that transaction where you own the vehicle because you're the titled owner, they are a secured party or a lien holder. They have the right to retake the collateral where they take it to auction and sell it to somebody else. And in that time frame, if you were to check the title history, it's never titled to the bank. Never. So that's how titles work. So I know, like I said, I had a few people who uh, were upset by my description of that. But I assure you that's how it works. Now, I suppose it's possible that some other states have got something. I mean, there are some states, I won't name them because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there are some states where all bets are off. But most states I've seen that follow the UCC follow what I'm talking about right there. And so keep in mind that I'm talking about who is the titled owner of the vehicle. So believe it or not, if you contacted the state and said, by the way, who owns this car? as it's going across the auction block, their records would show you if you're the one who's the last titled owner. Now, they have the right to sell it, and the buyer has the right to title in their own name when it goes through such an auction, but up until the moment that that happens, you are the titled owner, and they are a secured party, and they're simply acting on their rights that they have as a secured party or a lien holder on the property. So again, getting back to my titles that I keep in this big book here because I like to keep my titles unbent <laughs> and unfolded, is it'll say right on it who the owner is, and then it says who the secured party is. And Michigan doesn't even call them a lien holder. It just says they are a secured party. So that's how that works. But the good news here is that the man who refinanced his vehicle, it did not change owners. And I had several people say, but Steve, there's a new bank that owns it now. No, no, they're a secured party. They are just a secured party like the previous secured party. But the man still owns it. He didn't transfer ownership. That's the important part here. So General Motors needs to take a look at the computer program that apparently flags these things and let them know there might be an exception for people who refinance these expensive vehicles, but don't change ownership of them. But it's a great story with a happy ending. So got to thank GM Authority and Jonathan Lopez for writing it and publishing it. Doug for sending it to me. The Cadillac Escalade V owner gets his warranty reinstated by General Motors, and that's good news, a good ending. Questions or comments, put them below. I'll just talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. The next time you have a thought, let it go.